Late Night Conversations Social Conversations Let's welcome our A-team guest, Lovica Matthews, who's Executive Officer, Membership and Communications from Neptosa. Lovica, thank you very much for joining us. Good evening. Both you and the listeners, Patricia, and thank you for having me. It's lovely speaking to someone different from Neptosa. I love Basil <laughs> Manuel, love him to bits, but it's it's just wonderful. And it's a female voice as well. Thank goodness. Tell Basil I say thank you <laughs> yes, <laughs> for I'm allowing me to speak to So this evening we're talking about something that's quite controversial, right? Um, and I think we are torn apart as a community. Uh, the the proposed uh, unisex toilets that are, might be introduced in schools. Uh, this is yet to go to comment for the public and planned to introduce the introduction of this unisex school um, toilets in our schools is one that I don't know how South Africans are going to start reacting to it once it is open for public commentary. What are your thoughts, Lovica, uh, about the way South Africans are thinking before we even talk about where Neptosa stands? Look, Patricia, um, like most new things, um, I think we all know um, where South Africans are concerned, there is always that fear of the unknown, you know, and basically... Um, we we are a resilient group of people. We overcome a whole lot of things. I mean, a whole lot of challenges are thrown at us on a daily basis. I don't even want to call them by name, but um, you know what I'm talking about. And as South Africans, we overcome things. Um, there are, however, strides that we need to make, um, you know, towards inclusivity, going forward, but that is a conversation for another day because, as you mentioned, there's a whole lot of um, backlogs before we can actually move into the specific direction. There is a, a lot of backlog, right? And mm-hmm. let's talk about that backlog. Why are we not addressing it? Why are we jumping on the bandwagon uh, for the LGBTQI+. Look, I am of the opinion that if it is, if we are talking about um, addressing those backlogs, like our infrastructural problems that we currently have, like the pitlatrine toilets, um, with the replacement of these, then we, we're moving towards the right direction. But if we're talking about um, changing the toilets that we currently have and we're not addressing the backlogs, then we're looking at a bigger problem. Very true, very true. So apparently um, there, is, there, there are a lot of students who are dropping out of school, committing suicide because they feel unwanted, they feel unsafe, they feel uh, not, you know, catered for in the school system. Hence the, 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 the proposal for these unisex toilets. How can we address these students who don't identify as either a, a boy or a girl, and or, or who let me rather put it this way, who don't identify with their birth given gender or gender mm-hmm. assigned to them, and they now want to feel safe. How do we sort that situation out? Because I think that's a bigger psychological issue than just changing to unisex toilets. 
it definitely is. And it starts with the community, Patricia. Um, we, whilst we understand that schools are there to teach skills and theory, we also need to be cognizant of the fact that they also play a huge role by building an inclusive society. Um, in order for the ultimate goal is to have a well-rounded citizen, you know, who is able to um, comfortably fit into a socially cohesive society. And um, the only way that we're going to achieve this is if we work together with our communities. You know, schools in schools have somewhat schools and communities have drifted apart. And this is something that I'm extremely passionate about. We cannot be having conversations in isolation with um, the teachers and the Department of Basic Education and not be involving our student governing bodies. Our student governing bodies are our community members, the parents who are from the community. The days where we used to have um, the community actively involved in the school set up. This is what we need to get back to. Um, in order for us to address, to address um, these these social um, situations, you know, um, the Constitution recognizes that all learners are equal. You know, um, every learner should be free to choose their gender identity and determine their sexual orientation and the manner in which they express themselves. And whether I myself or you disagree with that, it is. It's a constitutional right. It's the supreme law of our country. Unfair discrimination against learners based on the choices that they make about their gender identity and sexual orientation is unconstitutional and should not be allowed in our schools. So these are conversations that we need to have um, as school communities. And I'm going to say communities because when I'm talking about communities, I'm talking about all social partners. Our parents this negativity that they have towards school and teachers and um, likewise from the teachers holding up this resistance against the parents because of the, the parents' perception as far as they are concerned. We need to address these things. And the only way that we can address all these social ills is if the community and the school come together because schools are microcosmic cosmos of um, communities. Mm. We need to work together. I totally agree with you. So um, according to uh, reports, Lorraine Botha, who is the spokesperson for DA in the Western Cape, said um, if this particular uh, proposal for the unisex toilets is passed, then, uh, you know, the draft guidelines will allow for the department to then train school learners, management, teachers and governing bodies on principles of gender and sexual diversity. Uh, Aren't there other ways of uh, getting around this because look, I'm not saying it's a bad idea to have unisex uh, toilets, but we also need to consider that there's rapes that happen even in our schools. So if boys and girls uh, are going to be saying uh, sharing cubicles, that opens up the risk to that as well. I know what you're saying, but at the same time, now that we don't have these, we have male and female toilets. It's happening regardless. We cannot make excuses for um, this diabolical behavior that we see in our schools. And that will just be another excuse. 
And I agree with you somewhat. You know, there, there is going to be resistance. And maybe we need to, maybe it needs to be a systematic change. Um, Patricia, I don't know when you were born, and I don't want to give away my age, but when I started school many years ago, <laughs> no, but I'm, I'm youth, let me just put that out there. Um, when I started school, um, we had in the foundation phase, we had toilets. And when I was teaching as a foundation phase teacher, I also had toilets in my classroom. And those toilets were not male and female toilets. They were unisex toilets. But then um, the supervision element was there. You know, the child would ask to go to the bathroom, and the bathroom was right there available for the child to use. So we would have, obviously, there's a lot of factors to take into consideration with toilets of this nature. Um, we, and, and they're already there. We have toilets in our, we have um, unisex toilets in, in our malls, in our restaurants. Um, our children are making use of these toilets, you know. And um, I'm not saying that I'm for it because as Naptosa, we, we are yet to see this policy. We know that it is still in um, draft discussion, a dra- draft discussion format. So therefore, we can't really comment on it. But I'm going to take you back to your words of when you asked me what is my opinion. And my my opinion is maybe then um, we should remember that the Constitution says that no learner should be excluded at any point in time. And all learners' rights need to be respected. And if, um, if, if it's anything to go by, maybe we should have Three different toilets there, male, female, and music. So then the learners have the option of choice available. Instead of having pit latrines, let's have more toilets then, you know, um, if that's going to make everyone comfortable, if it's going to allow us to move towards, you know, personally, and I'm going to relate my personal um, experience now. My, my, both my children um, started a new aftercare last year at the beginning of last year and they came home we went and checked it out they didn't tell us that it's unisex bathrooms or anything um they just showed us that's the toilet area and you know we went about and we liked what we saw and when they came home and they said um that it's a shared space immediately you know my husband obviously um started worrying and he was concerned about what would happen, but they have adjusted so well to it. You can actually see at home as well, my daughter is more tolerant of her brother now um, in comparison to before. Normally she would perform if he made a mess or he didn't leave it in the way in which she would want to find it. Now she would just go to him and say, please come and clean up after yourself. So there is a sense of tolerance that they've learned from sharing, uh, from a shared space. So, yeah. All right, so there are pros and cons. Uh, let's hear what our A-teamers have to say. We've got a voice note that we'll look at. Uh, but the one thing for certain that, uh, you know, the, the, the petition that went out uh, and was signed by about 41,000 people on Tuesday mm-hmm. afternoon is very clear that a lot of parents are really not too keen around this uh, because they, they deem toilets as being private and they, mm. they're scared that social ills will be multiplied in our communities. But hey, let's see what will happen once uh, commentary is opened up to the public. There's a voice note mm. from an A-teamer. 
Good evening, Patricia. Good evening to your guest in the studio. Good evening, listeners of Radio SAF. Maria April in Springbok in the Northern Cape. Patricia, with respect for ITQA, um, I think this issue of unisex toilets is too much. It's a bit of a problem for, for us. What, in, in the midst of gender-based violence right now and killings of women, what can we do? How can we still go into the same toilet as a straight man, for example? Um, no, I think that's calling for trouble, more trouble than we have already. Thank you. Well, that's uh, an opinion from an AT man. This one says, um, hi, Patricia, your guest and listeners. Why not just have three blocks and mm. uh, let the pupils choose? Win-win message. This is from Carl, who's in Durban. And do the pit toilets first. That's what Carl says. <laughs> and I do I, I, I do agree with, uh, I do agree with Carl. I mean, We've got disparities in our schools. We've got schools that are in quintile one that are really struggling, while those in quintile five are enjoying life. And for them, uh, pit latrines and uh, schools without uh, roofs and they're under trees is a norm. Why not put Mm. this as priority? Why not put all our resources into those schools from quintile one Mm. to three that are struggling and make sure we equal the leveling, uh, the, the playing field? You know, we level the playing field instead of pushing for such an agenda. Because I'm a parent, right? I'm a parent. And I'm like you, uh, Loveka, um, I want the best education for my children. And mm. some of the other support that children need to get at school will be the mental. Hence, I spoke about the mental for those who are LGBTQI plus and want to feel included in the school system. Uh, We'll be addressing bullying. But the fundamental of going to school is to learn in a safe environment. And if we still have schools that don't have roofs and windows and no desks and a lack of human resources, a a lack of security, schools where children come in with drugs and people are shooting at random in schools, Why should we even be putting this conversation in the forefront of unisex toilets? Look, I agree 100% with you, Patricia, and Matosa has been advocating for that. Um, The the part GA, if you look at most of our communications that went out, we keep on hammering on the inequalities that still exist within our schools, and yet we are looking... Um, towards achieving um, sustainable development goal four, um, you know, which is equal education for all learners. How can we talk about equality when the basic needs of infrastructure and security aren't met? I agree 100% with you. And right now, most of our schools, um, both teachers and learners, are living in fear because of that security element because of people who have the ability to randomly walk in and do as they please, um, learn on teacher violence. These are all things that need to be addressed with urgency. And um, I, I, I definitely agree that these need to, be, need, to, need to be addressed first. However, at the same time, as I said before, if we are having this discussion, and we're saying we haven't seen this policy yet. If we are saying that this policy is um, in line with um, addressing the 
current inequalities are we going with something like um as carl had mentioned earlier on with the three toilets and we're removing the pit latrines then yes maybe maybe there's room for this conversation but i definitely agree with you we need to ensure that all the inequalities are ironed out first before we can move towards addressing um additional items such as this let's go to another voice note Hi Patricia, it's Dumzi from Cape Town. Uh, I'm wondering why don't these non-binary advocates actually advocate for three sets of toilets instead of uh, changing everyone to accept what they think should society should go? Why don't they advocate for certain sections of the toilets be non-binary? So that to allow girls to attend girls' toilets, boys' boys' toilets, and then non-binary can be accommodated. Because I, I see there's a big problem that we are, it's almost like we are being forced to accept things that we are not ready to accept. I, I mean, uh, I'm looking for a, in, in future where my son will not want me to call him my son because Maybe they want me to call them non-binary. I'm, I, I think it's going there. Sure. Okay. Lavika, this is, a, I think, a, um, a discussion we should be having with a psychologist as well. Because, yeah, parents are in shock. Our generation mm-hmm. and those older than me, are, are we did not grow up with a huge LGBTQI plus community. Mm. And mm. and for us, we are in the learning phase. So for, for the education department to throw this on us, we'll need a lot of, you know, assistance for everyone because we want to be a community that's inclusive. But then again, back to it, let's make sure priorities are set straight. What are your closing comments and remarks as we wrap up our conversation, Lovika? Well, um, basically just, I, you know, Patricia, I agree fully with, um, with you that um, we need to, if, when this policy comes out, because the policy isn't being yet, and I understand people's frustration, but when the policy is out for commenting, like with all other departments um, of basic education policies, that parents don't ignore it because normally there is a call for comment and then there's complete silence around it and that is how these policies then get passed. So then we can't turn around and say um, that there weren't any comments or there was sufficient time and nobody made a concerted effort to actually comment on these policies. So once it is available for commenting, please, Everyone should make that concerted effort to actually comment on it. And as communities, let us work together with our schools for the greater good of our children. Thank you, Patricia. Thank you very much, Lovika. It's been a great pleasure interacting with you. It was lovely. Thank you so much for having me.